So it's the call before the relative storm, and we're at the ACC football kickoff and welcoming you back into the fast lane. We say the call before the relative storm because Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday is when we'll have the bulk of our content. Virginia and Virginia Tech speak Wednesday. We'll have a slew of that and fallout from it Thursday and Friday, and then I'm out of here. I'm heading to vacation, not quite the Outer Banks, where our next guest, David Cunningham of TechSideline.com, was last week, or where our producer, Trey Lyle, is dutifully still helping us with the fast lane despite being this week at the beach. No, we're here at the ACC football kickoff. David Cunningham, the aforementioned, joining us now in the fast lane. David, first of all, thank you for joining us. How was beach life and now the transition back to, for you, the real world? appreciate you guys having me on as always um this is nice because we didn't get to do our you know our usual monday segment and everything so um so this is pretty nice um yeah it's it's good to be here beach was awesome i hope trey's enjoying himself um and i hope you enjoy yourself at the beach next week but yeah it's it's good to be back it's always good to reconnect with everybody from around the conference you know and uh and check in um kind of poll everybody and see how everybody's feeling about this season of course all the coaches are going to tell you ah our team's going to win a lot of games i feel great <laughs> meanwhile all the media is sitting there going i don't think so you know they look at uva and, and tony or uh, uh brent pry uh, or tony uh, elliott tony elliott yes uh thank you uh this is why i don't cover uva um well i got confused i was about to go brent pry because i thought you were I got UVA yeah well but, but well like you know, tony elliott might be like hey yeah we're gonna win you know i feel really really good about how we're gonna do this year and and the media is sitting there going oh, i don't think so so it's gonna be really interesting to kind of get perspective obviously like you said virginia tech virginia both speak tomorrow i'm curious to hear brent price thoughts just kind of this is year two for him obviously it is for elliott as well what is different this year and what did he learn from last year and better personnel coming in how's that all going to shape out and then of course next week you know fall camp starts practice is underway and before you know it week one will be here david how old are you 24. i asked that question because you sound like you're the like 64 year old grizzled veteran grizzled veteran who doesn't have any belief in any team, but you don't buy into the optimism of anyone around here. It didn't take long for that to sour <laughs> no, you. No, no, yeah, I, I guess I picked that up fairly quickly. I would say I'm probably one of the youngest people here, if I had to guess. And yeah, no, I, I, th I just think it's, it's really interesting because everybody's going to have their own opinions. Like as far as you know, the coaches and players, they're all going to be like, oh yeah, our team's going to be really good. But, um, but I'm, I'm very curious to see. We were just joking about this before before we recorded this and uh the we got we got invitations for the acc ballot the, you know preseason <laughs> ballot yeah invitations we'd like you to vote and it's great you know um my guess is florida state probably it's either gonna be florida state or clemson but my guess is florida state just because everybody likes something new and the Knowles, you know won a lot of games last year um but does it really even mean anything you know it's a bunch of people who haven't seen anybody play yet just saying these what, guys might be pretty good so what amuses you more then because it, for me it's not the preseason polls it's the fan outrage that we didn't get enough people on said ballot for on, on the teams poll. oh in the polls or on, on like pre season the preseason teams yeah well i think that's really funny because it's like you know tech fans might be a little outraged when say they don't get a single player on a you know first on the on the preseason all ACC team at the same time it's well you won three games last year and the the way it goes is like what you're only allowed to vote for like two cornerbacks 
it's like there are two starting cornerbacks per team, right? You, so that you know, you got to pare down from f- fourteen teams to two, like two players. You know, so that's it's it's just really tough to vote for that kind of stuff, and you don't don't really know how anybody's going to do. And a lot of it's just based on, oh, this was a this guy was a third team All AC performer last year. Sure, we'll give him a. Bump up to second team. We'll, 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 yeah, so I don't know. It's it's really interesting, but it's always good to be back. And again, before we know it, you know, we're gonna be, you and I are gonna be on the radio previewing Virginia Tech Old Dominion. It's not far off, believe it or not. ODU and Virginia Tech to open the year. We, I know we'll get to the Hokies with David Cunningham of TechSideline.com. Normally he joins us Monday in the fast lane, yeah. but alas, it's Tuesday because well, we kind of gave Trey the day off, sort of. Yesterday, the full day off. Today, a little bit as well. Um, so we're at the ACC football kickoff with David. Since you're Mr. Grizzled, crusty, skeptical, 24-year-old David, Jim Phillips, ACC commissioner. I mean, he spoke. He hit on a lot of key points. but He did speak. To, to, to me, I mean, for the most part, it was just, I hate to say just throwing your hands up, but kind of. He's doing as much as he can do with limited amount of leverage. Is that kind of the way you took it? Yeah, I think so. I think um, there were some really good questions asked and a lot of questions that I think, honestly, he just couldn't really answer because he doesn't have the the means to, right? David Teal of the Richmond Times-Dispatch asked a really good question about the revenue that will be generated from the college football playoff, the expansion, and, and what that – what that will look like. And obviously Phillips has to talk with, um, he has to talk with and and figure that out with the other commissioners, you know, around the country. Um, But that once they do that, that will play into how the ACC's own revenue sharing kind of works itself out. So there, there are a lot of things I think that he probably just needs a little bit more time on, if that makes sense, which is, you know, not the thing you want to hear the commissioner say, right? Obviously, the questions about Northwestern were asked. He's in, you know, got a couple lawsuits to his name right now, so he can't answer them. There were a lot of things. You know, everybody's asking, how how are you guys going to generate more revenue? I thought there was, you know, there was a good question asked about the the CW, which is now going to broadcast RSN games, and he kind of was just like, yeah, there the CW is going to be broadcasting games. So I think a lot was said without really saying anything, which is kind of how these things usually go. I was a little bit surprised there was no breaking news or anything. You know, usually there's a there's at least some something where it's like, oh wow, you oh, walk you walk out of there and you're like, wow. And, and I was surprised there wasn't anything like there was no big headline coming out of this out of this year's press conference from Phillips. Well, there really wasn't from that perspective. The one that I, I mean, again, we read into it. We have our favorite what he said and what he meant segments where we read into what was being said and then reinterpret it into more like common lingo. What did he mean? Yeah, exactly. What did he actually mean by those comments? Mine kept reverting back to Jim Phillips touching on, it seemed like he's pleading with Congress to get involved. With with NIL and student athletes. Other conferences have paid lip service to it, but you would think, what, if you're not in the SEC or the Big Ten so you're getting less money, you need someone else to intervene or else the gap's only going to get bigger. Yeah, I think he makes a really good point, right? Um, You you saw the NCAA last month, I believe, release something basically saying, you, you know, you are going to follow federal guidelines 
and state governments, you know, so, some college athletic programs, I think of like Texas, Texas is like, no, we're following Texas guidelines, right? And you need, it, it, it varies state to state, even in, the S, even in the ACC, right? The laws for NIL are different in North Carolina as they are South Carolina and Georgia and Virginia and Florida, right? And so to make it, what Phillips is advocating for is he wants to make it the most level playing field possible for NIL, which makes sense, right? You don't want a team like Texas or Oklahoma who have different state, you know, their states have different laws about what you can and can't do as far as NIL is concerned to have an advantage over your Clemson's and your Florida states and your Miami's, right? That's just, that's just how, how you want it to go. So it's very interesting to hear him talk so much about he referenced Washington DC and Congress and I, I was very surprised to hear him talk about it that much um, but clearly there's still work to be done there and the ACC is trying to, to make a lot of progress in that area which I think could be a big benefit to the conference if it goes through right I mean if if it gets to the point where there is a a federally run or a nationally run group from you know from the government that oversees NIL and basically makes laws and says hey these are this is how it's going to be right i mean you think back to a couple years ago where NIL first became a thing and it was a wild wild west you know coaches are still trying to figure it out right it's gotten a little bit better but I, I think having a strict set of laws that everybody in the country has to follow where, you know, some of your schools like Texas and Oklahoma, that their state governments go hand in hand with the schools and want to help the football programs as much as possible, right? That might not be the case in Virginia, where Virginia or Virginia Tech has to maybe go through a little bit more hurdles. Um, it, it's really interesting. I'm, that's obviously a topic that Phillips kind of generalized on. He didn't really get into specifics about, but it's going to be really interesting to see new NCAA president Charlie Baker. Does he have any pull? He's a former, you know, state representative. Does he have any pull in, in the government? I'm, I'm very curious to kind of just see where that goes over the next couple months. David Cunningham, TechSideline.com, stepping into the fast lane. David, optimism is high for Virginia Tech heading into this season. Their win total actually has gone from five to five and a half. So people seem to be buying into that optimism, uh, at least those that like to put their hard-earned money or at least some slight discretionary income on those type of things. And realistically, though, are you getting the sense that the optimism from Virginia Tech fans toward this season is rooted in anything more than optimism around players that were brought in from last season to this season and the fact that they are legitimately I would say gaining momentum on the recruiting trail now even though that doesn't really translate to 2023 I think it's those two things and that's about it I, I, I genuinely think you look at Virginia Tech's offense one of the worst in the ACC maybe the worst one of the worst in the country right you look at Virginia Tech's offense from last year really 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 poor you bring in a transfer at quarterback a transfer at running back three transfer wide receivers a transfer offensive lineman what's it going to look like and that, i think everybody's more excited just because there's so many new faces right and and for a lot of them like ollie jennings who will be here this week with virginia tech 
He's a transfer from Old Dominion. Very, very successful in the past with the Monarchs. How does he translate to the, SEC, to, to the ACC, right? When he's playing, you know, Florida State and Pitt and Wake Forest week in, week out instead of Sunbelt opponents, right? I don't know if it'll be that big of a deal, but I'm very curious to kind of, kind of see how the fan base takes it all in once we start getting more access into fall camp, once that starts. Um, but, yes, and then the other point of it is the recruiting trail. Virginia Tech is hot right now. Hokies have picked up three top ten kids from the Commonwealth of Virginia. That's huge. But, again, like you said, that doesn't translate to wins. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens if, you know, if the Hokies maybe lose a game here or there that they shouldn't this year. How does a fan base turn, right? What, what, what is the – what is the fan support? Um, but but I do think everybody's kind of excited and in a good spot right now because, on paper, this should be a better team than last year's team. And it's not like the schedule's insanely difficult. I think UVA's probably got a little bit of a more difficult schedule. I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, if, if things go the way Tech fans think it might, you know, this could be a pretty solid, successful season, and everybody's going to be happy. I think six wins in a bowl game is very achievable. Like you said, win, win numbers right at five and a half. But what happens if things start to go south? So it, it, it's going to be something to keep an eye on, but everybody in Blacksburg is kind of happy right now, just kind of waiting for that home opener, 8 p.m., Old Dominion, September 2nd. It's going to be a fun, a fun time, and be the first opportunity to see this new team in action with a lot of new faces. David, one of the bigger concerns, and David Cunningham of TechSideline.com is joining us in the fast lane as we are at the 2023 ACC football kickoff in Charlotte. The bigger concern, I don't know if you call it you know, unsolvable, but when things seem to be going awry last year, you kind of wondered if there was going to ever be a turn up the intensity thing from Brent Pry on the team. Is that a concern, or is it kind of legitimate because there wasn't a lot there? In I mean, Pat Summit, God rest her soul, used to always say you're not winning the Kentucky Derby with a mule. And the offense last year just, I mean, at some point you don't have the, the Jimmies and the Joes, and the coaching staff knew that, and they were really just trying to make the most of what they had last year before they could get to an offseason where they had three players from wide receiver in the transfer portal, a running back, and hopefully retool the offensive line. I would agree with that. I, I think I think there also might have been some some in staff, you know, mix-ups. Tyler Bowen is obviously the offensive coordinator and the quarterback's coach now. He moved over from tight ends. There, That's a move that Brent Pry has admitted that he wanted to do the day he was hired. He wanted to bring Tyler Bowen in as an offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, but he didn't do it immediately. Now you get that a year later. How does that translate? I I agree. I think a lot of it is just back to fresh faces and fresh players. But but to your question about the just – I would agree that, yes, it got to the point where the coaches were just trying to do the best with what they had, and they didn't have a lot. Uh, we didn't, they, they, they just didn't have a lot to work with, right? There was only one really legitimate receiver last year on a consistent basis, and that was Caleb Smith. And obviously he's no longer with the program, but when 
you bring in guys and they don't work out and there's nobody who can get separation, you know, like that, that put pressure on Grant Wells. I, I think a lot of it just everything piled on each other, right? Piled on and piled on and piled on. And it's one problem after another and after another. And, and I think it got to the point where Brent Pry and his staff were just trying to fix the big picture stuff, right? Just trying to fix the things that are easily fixable, that don't, won't take too much time. And I think for the most part, you saw that. The Hokies beat Liberty in, you know, in, in that final game of, of the season. Um, Chris Moore finally had an opportunity to call defensive plays, right? I, I think everything was trending in the right direction. But there were so many big picture problems, and, and or, or maybe even just little things here or there, where Texas didn't have the personnel. Maybe the the relationships between the the coaches weren't right. You saw Brad Glenn go to Cincinnati after the season. He was the former quarterbacks coach. Joe Rudolph, offensive line coach, left to go to Notre Dame. How how, how is it different this year? I think. Brent Pry and, and the staff are in a better place. I think they've got better talent, and very curious to, to kind of see how it all shakes out. But, but yeah, to your question, I think it got to the point where there was just so much. It was like trying to, too many fires to put out. At some point, you just have to put out as many fires as you can and kind of still left Tech in a little bit of a bad place at times. Um, but overall, I think he did, he did a good job trying to – to weather the storm first year with what he had, right? I mean, we talked about it so many times. Just got to the point where there was only so much he could do with the player personnel. Well, it's not like you can sit there and be like, man, these guys suck. It's not really going to help with either roster retention or, or roster recruitment. acquisition. Yeah. Hey, come into the transfer portal via the transfer portal or come in here as a recruit because when you start to underperform, I'm going to say you're terrible. Yeah. That's going to work real well, especially in this era of player empowerment where they can get out of the situation from their end without any recourse. Uh, David, last one for you, and we're grateful for your time here. Before we chat next segment to wrap up the fast lane today with Bud Elliott from CBS Sports to talk an overview of ACC and Virginia schools, we'll shift away from football. Kenny Brooks, uh, as his contract continues to grow, he will pass into the seven-figure per year range as an annual salary as Virginia Tech's head women's basketball coach. 15 other coaches or so in college basketball for women's are reaching that. How big is that for Virginia Tech and for women's basketball? It's huge. If you look at what Virginia Tech was able to accomplish on the women's basketball court last season, it didn't just win the ACC championship, be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, host, go to the Sweet 16 Elite Eight Final Four for the first time in program history. It is now a national brand of sorts, right? We are, we are sitting here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and come November, the Hokies are playing Iowa, another Final Four contender from last season who went and played the national championship game with Caitlin Clark and all that comes, you know, that, that big brand, the Iowa women's basketball brand that comes with it. They're going to be playing in a one-off game here at the Spectrum Center, you know, down the road in Charlotte, on primetime television, this is the brand that Virginia Tech women's basketball has become. And the reason is Kenny Brooks. He has done a great job at slowly growing the program, even at times where it didn't look like it was heading in the right direction. There were so many tough games, blown leads, 
in those first couple years of him trying to get the program to where he wanted to be. You started to see success heading to the NCAA tournament, right? The Hokies have made three straight NCAA tournament appearances now. And you reward him, right? The Hokies have, have been have, have slowly gotten to the point where they are a national brand. They are one of the best teams in the ACC. And you reward Kenny Brooks as such. He's going to be making $925,000 this year. It's a six-year deal that runs through 2028-29. In that final year of his deal, he'd be making $1.2 million, which, like you said, Ed, puts him, I believe, he's the second-highest-paid coach now in the ACC behind Jeff Walls of Louisville, who makes about $1.7 million. And he's the top 15-highest-paid coach in the country. When you pay a coach that much, you expect that level of results. In terms of Kenny Brooks... He, got, he gave you the results before he got paid that much, right? Um, I, I would expect those results to continue. The Hokies are hot on the recruiting trail. Picked up uh, the highest commit ever. Yeah, four-star. Four-star. Lexi Blue, number 31 ranked player in the country. Top player from the state of Florida. They picked her up last week. Highest ranked recruit in the Kenny Brooks era. And he's entering year eight now. In the last three recruiting classes, they have six top 100 players it's not like the Hokies are stopping anytime soon and so to, to ink the coach the man who's done it all to a, to a long-term deal it, it makes total sense um, and it's really cool to just kind of take a step back and, and look at it from a larger perspective it wasn't easy when when he started he picked up a team that hadn't hadn't been 500 in the ACC in five six seven years and he turned this into a team that has consistently won 20-plus games every single season. Went to a Final Four this year after winning an ACC championship. He's given this women's basketball program and Virginia Tech as a whole and this fan base more than the Hokies ever really could have imagined, I think. And as a result, Tech has rewarded him properly, I think. Uh, you could say that for sure. I mean, there's a reason for optimism there. David, there are many more questions we could ask you for the sake of brevity and time in the fast lane. We will wait to do that in another edition of Covering the Commonwealth in a couple of weeks, although there may be a good chance Trey Law gives you a call when I'm out next week. I appreciate you having me on, and I know, I know, uh, I know we're going to find out a lot more information over the next couple of days here. Uh, really excited to see what comes out of it from the Virginia, Virginia Tech perspective. But, yes, Trey is free to give me a call. I, I know he'll probably uh, – call me next week and ask me to chat it won't be the same as talking with you but but it'll be it'll it'll be a great time as always warms my heart david it makes it flutter we appreciate the praise in the fast lane when we return bud elliott on college football including the acc and liberty and odu and jmu next